Restore, your premier Pokemon podcast, literally the only Pokemon podcast that exists. My name's Matt, and uh, with me today I have some guests. I got uh, former world champion Wolf Glick. What's up? And I got friend of the show Zane Epangu. You really hit him with the former. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did, Zane. I'm here for you, Wolf. <laughs> oh, I, look, I'm do, we, do, we, do we treat it like presidents where you keep it forever? Well, you could have said current North American North American international champion. champion. <laughs> you know what? I could have done that, but I forgot. Reigning so champion of WBE. They always, they always forget. Only champion of WBE. Thank you very much. Host <laughs> nice. of the Wolfie Glick Sword and Pokemon Sword and Shield Super Smash Bros. Invitational. The real accomplishment here. Man, okay, yeah. Let's talk about that first, because that was fucking sick. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So for anyone who, for anyone who wasn't uh, who wasn't aware, uh, Zane and Wolf together basically hosted a uh, an invitational tournament of uh, professional Smash Bros players playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. Like how how did that idea originally come about? So I do want to clarify my job in terms of hosting it was that I was in the Discord and, like, told Wolf when his screen recording was broken. Uh, <laughs> the hosting was was not on my end. I did not do much of the tournament organization. But the idea coming about is where I was useful and that Wolf and I just talked about uh, dumb shit and bounced ideas <laughs> off of each other. <laughs> I, you're, I think you're not giving yourself entirely enough credit. Uh, Zane was very helpful in, in helping me. Like, I bounced a lot of ideas off of him. Um, and, yeah. Gave me a lot of good info because I'm I've followed the Smash scene, but I'm not involved in it. So um, right. having somebody who knew the scene very well was super helpful. But um, yeah, the idea was kind of put into my head when I recorded with Ludwig. Or I think it was when we were recording. I don't think we were just talking, but um, and he mentioned that um, I was doing this thing where I had a couple Smashers on my channel and I was like teaching them um, about competitive Pokemon and having them play. I did it with Alpharad. Um, I did it with. Um, Esam, I did it with, uh, I did it like a little bit with Hugo on his channel. And so, mm-hmm. um, and then I had Ludwig on my channel after he wrapped up, or maybe it was even in the video, but at some point he says like, you know, like all I really want to do is like get good enough of Pokemon to beat like Alpharad or, so- or something like that. Right. Or, or something like, or hugs. I don't, I don't even remember who it was. And I was <laughs> like thinking, huh, like what if I organized like an exhibition match between like those two. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, if I was going to do an exhibition match, what if I held like a tournament, like an eight person tournament? And so that was kind of where the idea was born. Yeah, it, it, it turned out really cool because like I wasn't aware of like at least half the Smashers playing mm-hmm. and followed some of them afterwards. So it was cool to, you know, learn more things about in the Smash community as well, because like basically most of my interaction with the Smash community is just like knowing Zane mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like watching the occasional like Melee Grand Finals. Right. So it's uh, it was cool to see a couple more people than I usually see, um, especially like the ones, you know, memeing on stream being mm-hmm. funny because it's always good to find 
follow people that you know have a fun personality about <laughs> about the game. Yeah, right. Alpha Rad's little notes and and stuff that he was putting up were were quite funny. I was <laughs> yeah, when when he forgot how certain mechanics worked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, because it was really funny. I was DMing um, Aaron Zeng, who was the coach for Plup. Music King, uh, right. Mewtwo King, sorry, Mewtwo King, you're right. Yeah. And, and Mewtwo King also had messed up many. <laughs> Mewtwo King Dynamaxed the wrong Pokemon three out of the four times that he did Dynamax. <laughs> um, Dynamax Bronzong happening a lot. But I was DMing yeah. Aaron and being like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jason's gonna, gonna Jason being Mewtwo King, is yeah. going to mess up Alpharad in this next one. It doesn't really look like Alpharad knows what he's doing. And then Alpharad... Uh, pulled a really sick play predicting the, the switch turn one and one, mm-hmm. but it was right after he had attacked a, a levitating Pokemon with a ground type move. So <laughs> I felt pretty justified. In, in yeah, no, he, he really just kind of pulled it out of nowhere there. That was the part of the stream I was there for. So I, I didn't get to watch the whole thing because I was kind of all over the place that day. But the, that was one thing I did get to see, which was very cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great event. It went super well. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun for me as well, just to to organize and host and put together. And I'm, yeah, I'm super happy with how everything went. It also so like, just, just, I, I just want to say really quickly, it also uh, sort of in my mind has laid the ground for a lot of other events that could happen in Pokemon <laughs> because it used the same format as the, the world champion invitational that happened like what, like a week beforehand, right? Yeah. One week yeah. beforehand, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, and both times that format was super, super successful in terms of both boosting it, the uh, profile of the players who were competing and of the people who were hosting it. So I think it was like another, a good like second dry run of that format. And it was, yeah, it was really um, nice. And like, I think it's like, that's something that's like kind of been on, on the Pokemon community is that like Wolf and Aaron aside, there's not as many big like personalities in the scene. And that's something that a good, that a tournament like this can work for as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there are plenty of, like, other big um, Pokemon, like, content creators, I would say, like, but in terms of VGC, like, there are other people making content, and there's, you know, super talented players and good content creators, but they're not as well known, for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's basically it, it's not not a knock on on the quality of their content or Mm -hmm. anything, it's just, like... If you're if you're coming at it from like a, a position of not knowing much, like your 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 names are the first ones that are going to come up. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I hear you. Um. What was the experience of like coaching someone who just really wasn't familiar with uh, with Pokemon? Um. So I didn't coach anybody specifically. I tried to help out every like with everyone just so I wouldn't be right, biased. Right, right. Um. But I I think that at least um from talking to the coaches, I think a lot of people thought it was like a super positive experience. Um. I know Justin Karras, who was Tof's coach, said that like through coaching Toph, he, um, he learned a lot more about the game because, and like yeah. about, he like understood things that he had missed before, because there's a lot you kind of understand like intuitively because especially in Pokemon where there's so many mechanics and so many like things going on all the time. And like these tiny, tiny like details that you need to know, there's a lot of stuff that just becomes kind of second nature, uh, at a sense yeah. and you stop kind of thinking about. And so, um, I think it was interesting for Pete, for our coaches who are, you know, very talented players. I think every one of them has top cut the world champion excuse me, talk at the world championships at least once. Um, yeah. So these are like, these are some of the best of the best. Um, like the median world's performance was top four, I think of our coaches, which is crazy. Nice. Um, but yeah, regardless. So, you know, like these are, these people are, are very, very good, but um, it's being good at the game isn't necessarily being good at like explaining the game. And so I think yeah. that, I think it was a good, I don't, I didn't hear any complaints about um, coaching. I think everyone who coached like 
like found it a positive experience yeah i know i talked to aaron trailer uh afterwards and aaron absolutely loved coaching zane and now mm-hmm. he watches zane's matches when he plays melee too um and so me and aaron will talk about about melee uh, as mm-hmm. well as pokemon uh, and that's a big deal because like aaron zang and i have uh have um like followed melee for years and we would talk about it and Aaron trailer would always kind of not like roll his eyes but he would never engage in the conversation so it's it's very nice <laughs> as well just as his friend to, to get him a little bit more involved in the scene and now he is like somebody to root for as well so yeah, yeah. they actually funnily enough uh, Aaron won the first um big regional of sword and shield in the u.s uh and then a couple weeks later zane won a, it was genesis i think yeah genesis 7 yeah mm-hmm. oh that was fucking sick yeah <laughs> big win for so good to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah yeah, I, I uh, fun fact actually. Uh, so Aaron, uh, not to dox him, but he posts about this all the time. Aaron currently goes to Columbia University. This is Aaron Zhang. Yeah, Aaron Zhang, not trailer. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Good he's fini- he's finishing up his last semester there. And uh, I went to Columbia, and I live very close to Columbia. Now I'm self doxing, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Aaron and I actually don't hang out that frequently because he's busy with school. He's very busy. Yeah, but but. Where when we do when we have hung out before, I've taken him to uh, the Columbia Super Smash Bros. Club, which I Ooh. founded, uh, and cool. and played doubles with him and stuff, and it, it was a very good time because he plays Peach. So he yeah, I was gonna ask him to play Peach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he he had a really really good time. I think we're actually gonna hang out and play melee sometime this week. That's nice. awesome. I I think it's just nice to have good cross community stuff like that too. Just oh yeah. for sure. Good good for boosting profiles on both sides. Yeah, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned uh, this, like founding the uh, the smash, the smash thing. Because like, uh, Wolf, you went to VTech, right? Yeah, Virginia VT, go Hogies. <laughs> yeah, so the the league that me and Zane both play in, which is currently doing a double season, is PokeTech. Yeah. Ah, I have a funny story about about that. Actually, I didn't realize that that was the Zane. Why didn't you ever mention that? What the heck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is literally how we became friends. I oh, I knew. I didn't. I just didn't know it was through tech. Or maybe I, I forgot. It, it, I cannot. I literally have it recorded, Wolf. I have it recorded because it was an interview with you. I will pull up the receipt. Uh, okay. This is actually, uh, how we became friends is talking about I, this. I remember talking about the league. I just didn't realize it was through. I guess I forgot that it was you 100% did and you told me that you didn't usually go that much because they were singles focused (laughs) wait did I tell you the story maybe I'm gonna tell tell everybody the story so when I was a freshman I didn't have a car at school and so I wanted to go to like events but I didn't like I didn't have a way to get there so I went to this uh, I went to like so Poketech is like the there's like a Pokemon club at Virginia Tech Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went and I like I don't remember if I like I think I talked to somebody, like somebody in charge, whoever was like the president or whatever, and I was like, "Hey, um, I, you know, I'm I'm a VGC player. I've won nationals twice. I got second at Worlds in 2012. Like, I do this competitively. I know you guys are more singles focused, but like, um, could I just like have a few like seconds to make a pitch at the beginning of, of one of your meetings?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, sure, whatever." So, um, so I go and like I go to this meeting and I stand up in front of everybody and I like. I'm like, hey guys, like I'm Wolf, like I play Pokemon competitively and I, you know, I do my whole spiel, whatever. And I was like, if anyone's interested, like I'm going to hang out, like come talk to me and we can talk about like competitive Pokemon, like with official tournaments and stuff. Right. Right. Not one person talked to me. No. I like sat down and I was like, I like was ignored for like 20 minutes. Then I was like, well, I guess I'm leaving. Like, I, like nobody talked to me. I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I were to go to like a regular, like if I were to go to like a bar and sit down at a table, okay, well, this is probably wouldn't work. But like, if I, you know, people... <laughs> You know, like, I think in any other situation, if I was like, hey, guys, I play Pokemon competitively, you want to, like, talk about it? I'm sure somebody would have, like, 
wanted to, to talk about it um but nobody like nobody talked to me like no i could like i don't know it was it was very weird like they were all i guess they just wanted to play singles which is fine but yeah they might have also just been really shy they also might have been shy for sure but, um yeah. i i think most of the people that we know would have been after that is that yeah. What, what, like yeah like just judging by year wise like a couple I mean, of the I people who yeah. a while ago a oh. couple of people who run the league now are are like long graduated and they just the the league kind of split off yeah um from the actual club itself I think the it's most only part like it's like fifty percent or fewer actual VT people now in yeah the league. well yeah because yeah. basically what happened is um me and uh, my girlfriend Steph who's on a previous episode for anyone who listens to the podcast regularly uh, were invited by uh, Spoon who is on the last episode. Uh, to join the league just because he like followed us on Tumblr and needed some people to fill out like 16 people, I think was what they were going for that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we joined. And then in subsequent years, I just started inviting everyone that I know mm-hmm. and kind of just taking over the place <laughs> like Zane. Zane was one of the people who I, who I dragged in. <laughs> right. And then I won the league. And then you won the league. With my coaching, I would like to add. No, <laughs> no. Your, your coaching I was the season I did really poorly, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Well, Kate, um, uh, one thing that see, actually thing is, legitimately my worst season other than <laughs> other than the season I joined the league and the season replacement. But it was because it was because that was the season wolf where we did the snake. The Oh, well, you didn't drive. We didn't get your own team. You didn't get your own team. So oh, that's I drafted, bonky. I, that, I that was that was such a for me. It was such a weird season, but I, th- I, I did find it very fun in the end. Yeah. Well, mostly because the team I grabbed, uh, Wolf, had four weather setters on it. Oh, God. (laughs) And so (laughs) I would bring two of them every week just to flex. I did not do well, but it was very fun. But you were flexing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was there for. At least once I brought all four of them. That's very nice. Yeah, I I had a draft recently where um, I drafted, like, Halucha, and then I got Indeedy with Psychic Surge, Weezing with, like, both, you know, Misty Surge and... uh, like the other ability, and then I drafted Pinchurchin for Electric Surge, and then they redrafted it. And I was like, "Hell no!" And I left That's the league. So I was like, "I was so mad." I was, I wasn't like mad, mad, but I was like, I was like so excited. I had like G Max Copperaja, like I had some cool Pokemon. I was like super excited, and then they were like, and like they redrafted because Bank was coming out. They wanted to use the Bank Mons, but like, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was like, ah, oh, this is like such a sick. I could have done so much sick stuff with this, and like, yeah, it just didn't, didn't happen, but. Yeah, so the, yeah. the league, the, the league this season is running its first double season, and we just decided cool. to ignore Bank. Yeah, that's, I think that's the right thing to do because you also you had to wait until just like last week anyway if you wanted to start with Bank. So yeah, yeah. I think we, we, we made it so Bank Bank abilities are legal, but no additional Bank Pokemon is what we decided on. That's fair. We we have some other issues with the legality of certain things in that league, but, but oh my in God. terms of of weird draft stuff, about three rounds in, we just like. I was looking through who, what other people had drafted because I wasn't thinking about, especially since none of us are, are VGC players really, mm-hmm. we're mostly singles players. I was just thinking about getting Pokemon I wanted. And I looked up and like the third pick had somehow gotten Excadrill T-Tar. And I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Oh, like? God. <laughs> how did this? Uh, how did And then like, look? I think it was Silva that ended up getting... Uh, he he got Halucha, and we were just trying our best to try to prevent him from getting a terrain setter when he got <laughs> exactly. one. I, I mean, I I ended up getting I ended up basically getting four out of the six mons on Sajin's Draco's ult team, and I could nice. have had Gastrodon, and I legitimately picked Gigalith because of an image of Wolf. Sorry, Gigalith. Uh, did you did you mean Gigalith? Gigalith. Thank you. 
we're done with this. It, I, it was so stupid, though. I should have just taken Gastrodon. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why I didn't. <laughs> like I need a I need a weather setter in Dynamax meta. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Foolish. <laughs> I like Jigglyth. All right. It's good. He's, he's Unfortunately, good. I, I I set I set myself a, a self imposed draft rule where I'm not allowed to pick anything I've picked in a previous season except for Garboder, who is my signature. Ah. Uh. So <laughs> I I, I kind of screwed myself. I can't have any weather setters anymore, other than ones that get it through Dynamax moves. Right, which doesn't really count. I didn't. It doesn't that, really Matt. count. I'm gonna use that to my advantage against you in the next season because you were the person I was most worried about taking most of the Pokemon I, I wanted. I, you say as if you didn't snipe like half my picks every season. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Oof. One one year one year me and Zane were on the same team, and so it was like you know advantageous to let your teammates get Pokemon that they want. But mm-hmm. Zane wasn't reading the team chat <laughs> and pick sniping <laughs> twice in a row. I was on my phone at Genesis. It was lit- I was literally That's at fair. Genesis six. I think is when that was happening. <laughs> yeah, That's that, that tracks. I, like, I, I think I was in I was, a car for that one. Or no, I was at Smash and Splash. I was doing commentary while we were doing the draft. <laughs> It's good that the draft moves slow enough that that's possible. Like the first draft I did with PokeTech, I was literally at a party and I still managed to like be social at the party and not just be a weirdo looking at his phone. Yeah. It was a murder mystery pirate uh, party and I was a pirate and I managed to win best best costume and best personality at the whole thing. And did you win while the draft drafting? Too? Did you while win drafting? The draft? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I was I was wondering is just um how, have you, like, coached someone through transitions from singles to doubles before? Because I'm finding it very difficult. <laughs> um, no, I, like, I, I, like, I'm so short on time. Like, I have more time now that I'm doing this full-time, but, like, I still mm-hmm. find, like, I still don't have as much time to do everything that I want to do, and, like, so I, I haven't, like, ex- I don't, like, I don't have time normally for one-on-one coaching. Like, at least not, like, dedicated one-on-one coaching. Right. Like, if, if, if a friend is, like, you know, has, has questions. a couple like, questions. I, yeah, yeah, or like if people like people, I get a lot of DMs every day about like, hey, Wolf, try this team, or like, hey, Wolf, like I'm looking for feedback, and like I try to get to as many as I can, but you know, I have I have a limit. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, I did the singles to doubles transition. Actually, I was a, I was a singles player in Gen Four and switched over in Gen Five, but I played Gen Five singles a bit as well. So like, I I think actually coming from singles gives you a better. Well, I'm biased because that's what I did, but I think in yeah. some ways it helps rather than just going straight into doubles. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with starting in doubles either. Like I know a lot of people just start in doubles competitively. Um, but I think like, I, I like I knew a lot about like what certain like weird Pokemon would do. Cause I, you know, I played in singles where they were more common. So if I saw them yeah. like that was more helpful and hmm. stuff like that. But no, I haven't, I haven't ever like, I, I want to do coaching, but I just really like don't have a ton of time, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I just find the, the rhythm of it is so much different. It's and very, it's, very, it's very hard to get used to it. Just especially cool. um, stuff like, just protecting, knowing when it's worth going for a double protect. Right. The the switching being a little less common, but still like as just as vital. Um, and then of course the fact that some things will do extremely well in singles and then be hot shit in doubles, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and vice versa. I think especially in this meta because this meta is so fast paced and offensive at least right now. So <laughs> right, uh, and and the the. Gen 8 OU meta is very much not that for for singles. Uh, it's which is why I've enjoyed OU so much so far. It's that it you can play offense and stall's not that good, but balance is like by, was by far the best team archetype. I haven't played since home came out, but that's how yeah. it felt to me at least. 
Um, oh, yeah, how, how is the singles meta? Because it's something I have really haven't had much time to look into, especially because, like, most of my look into the common meta is running it through Draft League, which is a completely different kind of format, right? Yeah. Oh, just like the singles OU meta? So, like I said, I haven't played since Home came out, and Home has introduced a lot of really busted shit uh, <laughs> into the game. Like, Melmetal is... is uh, oh, they banned that already. They banned yeah, it already. already. It's okay. gone. The, so they banned something Melmetal, else as well. Uh, Zekrom, maybe? Uh, maybe Kyr- I think it was Kyrim, because they gave it Dragon Kyrim. Dance. That's what I meant. Yeah, Kyrim yeah, Kyr- Kyr- Black. Kyrim Black up banned. They didn't give Garchomp Dragon Dance, which is cool, because we can oh. see that sort of stuff. Well, um, Dragon Dance is a TR move. I thought I thought you could only see... Oh, I see what you're saying. Never mind. That's right. Yeah, like, you can't see egg moves. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Um. So, so that was cool. Uh, in general, the meta has been fairly, uh, like I said, balance-heavy, and I think that's as a result of... Um, first of all, of, of needing really strong defensive mons to deal with the really strong wall breakers that have popped up yeah. in, in this generation. So, uh, obviously, Mr. Fish is the one everyone knows about. but <laughs> The uh, myth, Galer- the legend. Yeah, Galarian Darmanitan was what actually got banned first. And yep. you can't run um, offense against those Pokemon and be successful 100% of the time. Because if they're scarfed and you lose your scarfer, the game is just over. Yeah. Um, so so it's a lot of a lot of balance. You see a lot of Clefable as the biggest mon in the meta because it's capable of playing offensive and wish support. Um, right. Sylveon, defensive Komoo. Uh, I, I like that there's a lot of Pokemon that can run defensive and offensive sets. It reminds me of like back in the days when Tyranoboa was a thing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a big thing is like, I guess it's, it's a little since since things need those defensive stats. It's not just an all speed game, which is what a lot of metas seem to devolve into. Wait, my head is exploding. Remind me what Tyranoboa is. I'm having like nostalgia. Like I feel like I'm flying backwards in time. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyranoboa, in my mind, is like the most legendary, uh, like weird name set of all time, except for Crocune, which is oh, which right, is yeah, yeah. Rest, rest talk. Yeah. Uh, Tyranna Boa is a uh, sub punch with special attack. Yes, ah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, Gen three is was, wild. Holy cow! So it's slow sub punch with special attacking moves. So you get to sub and kill Blissey with focus punch, <laughs> and then you use dark pulse and flamethrower to be like uh, steals. Scizor. Yeah, the the steals basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, that's uh, wild. <laughs> Oh my and God. yeah, no, just... like Tyranoboa and Crocune are words you can throw at me to immediately throw me back in time oh to God. just basically the period of time where I wasn't trying to build anything for competitive, but I sure was fucking reading about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I do need to play now that the new meta has come out because uh, Shell Smash Blastoise is the main reason. Because Shell Smash Blastoise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we actually, I think we got a question uh, relating to the home related stuff. I could probably find it here somewhere. Uh, maybe not. Whatever. I'll just ask it anyway. What are some of the What are some of the biggest threats you've seen through the the new stuff available in the home meta? I guess this this will apply to singles and to doubles. Um, for doubles, we didn't gain that much. Uh, we got Frangari Clefairy, which is like a good Pokemon, I guess. But it's you know we have Togekiss right now, and so. Like, Clefairy offers something different because of its friend guard ability, and, like, yeah. but it's, Togekiss right now, like, the ability to run Babri Berry is very valuable, and the ability to be offensive as well as defensive and be able to Dynamax is very valuable, so 
Clefairy is getting a little um, outshined. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like Swoop got simple. Um, but nobody really uses that because it's bad. Let me see. Yeah. Say so maybe you maybe you can go first while I look up the mods. Like got the thing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I wish I wish simple Swoobat was more viable because I do love to see it. Yeah. They need to give it Cotton Guard. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm looking up the reintroduced Pokemon right now, too. I mean, isn't Venusaur, like, the biggest threat in VGC? Well, it's not legal yet. You asked me oh. again in oh, two weeks. Yeah, so until right. March 1st, we have we have safety. Well, Incineroar is really Incineroar, the big one. Yeah, Incineroar is the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Incineroar was everywhere last gen, and I'm assuming it's just going to be everywhere right when the new meta starts um, again. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I think it might not be as bad, but it could be. Like, they gave it Parting Shot in Close Combat, Parting Shot being the big one. Um, yeah. Although Close Combat allows you to beat Tyranitar now, with like even if they Dynamax. So dang, <laughs> that's fun. Um, yeah. So yeah. Other than that, like Miasa got Prankster. Um, there was a couple other like ones. Noctowl got Tinted Lens, which is good. Uh, but other than that, most of them are pretty like not really used at all. In terms and then of, like, like as for as for like Pokemon, it was mostly like box legendaries that came back. Other than like it was box legendaries, forms of like uh, Alolan forms or like regular forms of things that had Galar forms. And, right. And, right. And then the other Gen One starters, and even yeah. then, even then, VGC legality is only going to be stuff like found in this game. So it's not like any of the transferred legendaries mean anything anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we'll get like a Lola Nine. I think we'll get a Lola Nine Tails. I think we'll get a Lola Raichu. Though actually, I think we won't get a Lola Raichu because you can't. There's no way to evolve Pikachu into a Lola Raichu. Like there's a Lola Vulpix, but not a Lola Pikachu. So right, right, right. So there won't be there won't be a Lola Raichu or. Is there a Lolan Meowth? I can't even remember now. There is, right? There is, yeah. There is okay. So we got a Lolan Persian, a Lolan Ninetales will be the big ones that we get back on VGC. But yeah, so we'll get a Lolan Persian, Lolan Ninetales, Incineroar, Venusaur, and Blastoise are going to be the big ones. And like Primarina, I think, could be okay as well. Like, I think Primarina is actually kind of good now that Feeny is gone. There is a question about Primarina, I remember, that we can get to. But I, I, I think in, in singles, um, uh, funnily enough, a lot of the stuff that got uh, introduced is banned immediately. Uh, uh, because it was just so overpowered. I mean, yeah, Kieran Black with Dragon Dance got got immediately banned. He finally has a physical ice move. I'm so proud yeah. of him. <laughs> yeah. oh um, and and Melmetal, like I was saying. Other than that, I mean, most of these other Pokemon are okay, but they'd be like UU niche picks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at like Darmanitan for that, Terrakion, uh, Alolan Ninetales again. Uh, Venusaur doesn't have Mega, so it's pretty bad in singles unless you're running it on Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I said, I haven't actually played the meta that much, but but those are the ones that I would uh, pay attention to. Decidueye is one thing that could become an interesting semi niche pick in that it's uh, the the meta is really Ghost type reliant in ge- in general right now. Um, and so Decidueye is definitely worse than the other ghost types like Dragapult, but, uh, it's a good Pokemon. It's what a, makes it so ghost, ghost type? type, what makes it so ghost type heavy? Is it just like the lack of knockoff on most things? Well, there's no yeah. pursuit anymore. No pursuit. No pursuit is yeah. the thing. It's the lack that's, of that's knockoff the big one. and no pursuit. Yeah. No pursuit makes ghost types really, really broken. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I assume in, uh, in OU meta things that got knockoff in previous gens would be legal. Because they they don't care about carry ups for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many things got knockoff that didn't before, right? Well, now. I just mean like things that got it by tutor last gen that can't learn it just because he, he hasn't played any banks. 
Yeah, I think the only big one is Bisharp that yeah. got, oh God. that got it that didn't have it before. But Bisharp, like, it's definitely better with knockoff, but because Bisharp is such a sucker punch reliant mon, um, mm-hmm. and at plus two it okos every ghost type anyways, it's not like a huge detriment to ghost types. If if that makes sense, it's so yeah, slow yeah, yeah. as well. Like it's really slow. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's that's why it would be it would be relying on its uh, its sucker punch most of the time. Yeah, you just can't switch stuff into Bisharp anymore, which is yeah, yeah, whatever. Do do you think knockoff is too strong? The way that it is right now, this is something I always I, I I'm always thinking about when like you know just theory moning changes they they could make to the meta. Like, do you think like they, the sixty five I mean, base power plus the boost is too strong? No, I actually think it's really balanced, honestly. I agree. I think it like because it was so bad before. It was like what was it, fifteen, twenty base power? 25? It was twenty. Twenty. Yeah, I think it's actually super balanced. Like because the thing is, it's very, it's not very strong when they when they've lost an item or you can't knock them off. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. Now that we don't have Megas or Z crystal orbs, like I mean, you can knock everything off. But that's also, I mean, I can only speak to the VGC meta, but like we don't have really much knockoff right now. Um, or if they've already consumed the item, you know, like I don't know. Like I think it's a pretty pretty fair move personally. I think in singles knockoff is really frequently your mid ground play because it's good no matter what if they mm-hmm. if you haven't knocked off another Pokemon yet because you get to, especially now that there's no Z crystals or Mega Stones right um, so like even if you think off, they're gonna switch you can just yeah you knock it's off. a fair play anyway and I think that it's healthy to have mid ground plays look more appealing than reads yeah because, I agree because your mid ground play should. The way that Pokemon should be balanced, in my mind, is that the mid-ground play should always look like the more appealing option. If like, Or not always, but it, it, it should be... Like the majority not, of the time. It should be the higher EV option mm-hmm. so that you get baited into doing mid-ground plays and then can differentiate yourself by not doing the mid-ground play every time. Because I think everyone playing singles has d- gone for a knockoff because they didn't know what to do, seen the switch, and been like... I. The, why did I not just read that? Like, it was so obvious. And that's the right. dichotomy in Pokemon, especially in singles, that makes it interesting to play. So I think that having knockoff feel, like, a little bit too strong just power-wise is really good. And actually having it be only the first time you use it only heightens that sense of, like, making the read or the mid-ground play the first time. And so you get to be rewarded for it, but also you shouldn't have maybe done it in the first place. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I, it just it always seems like something that's like always worth having on a Pokemon, and whenever something feels like it's on everything, I always feel like it's like a bit much. But I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not approaching this from the same angle. I think. I mean, I agree, but I think that that's why it's a, a good thing. I think that mm-hmm. that for Pokemon to work, there need to be standard things that are that are just universally good, because the way that you win at high Elo is by figuring out those standard things and and right. anticipating them or anticipating your opponent will anticipate them. So having a good baseline is a good thing. It's different in other metas. Like if you've ever played any Little Cup, in Little Cup, knockoff is not, it's not just like. Oh, it's mandatory, right? It's oh, it's, mandatory. It sounds broken. It's, it's, it's actually broken in Little Cup and that like it's always the best play to knock off yeah. pretty much. It's like because well, like rocks. like what like 75% of the meta is using Eviolite at least. Well, even if it's not Eviolite they're running Citrus Berry with, with Sturdy or sorry Berry Juice or something yeah. or like it's it's that that meta is so item reliant in general. 
Which is why when I had Trubbish last season, Sticky Hold Eviolite, man. It's perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's um, the perfect move. I just want to I want to add on to what you're saying, Zane, that I, I 100% agree. Um, the thing about Pokemon is that if there was no meta, it would be a very, very... I don't, I don't think it would be a good game because the fundamental problem of Pokemon is you have six Pokemon with limited tools, right? Like you have four moves slots on each Pokemon. You have six items on your team. And that's pretty much all you've got. You know, you've got your EVs and your IVs and, you know, um, your natures. And with those six Pokemon, ideally, you want to be able to beat every single thing you play against, right? So when there's a thousand different Pokemon and you have six to try and counter every possible combination of those, like it's it's you know it's it's more or less impossible if if everything were equally as common right because even pokemon like that aren't traditionally thought of as meta or good can still be good in certain niches right um yeah and so like in vgc one of my least favorite formats was 2017 where we didn't have things that were like so much better than everything else like whenever arcanine is one of the best pokemon in the format you know you have a problem in my opinion um <laughs> and like the tapus were good but like i don't know like Mimikyu was really good and like well, Snorlax was good, but like there was just like like Porygon Z was really good, Porygon 2 was really good. Like there was just a lot of variants, and you could play against like a lot of different things, and it made playing the metagame really hard because there wasn't like a standard, like you could play against like so there was so much variance in that metagame, and like it made it really hard because like sure you could be prepared for the standard stuff and then not play a single standard team in a tournament because you didn't have to play standard to win, or playing standard didn't mm-hmm. give you like that much of a better shot. And so countering that and playing in that was really unpleasant. So I agree yeah. that you need you need to have standardization, or else it just becomes too chaotic. It's a I fine think that's one line, though. Yeah, yeah that, that's one thing I was that, that that's worth bringing up is that um, I know that in some VGC formats it became so centralized that just no one felt like watching it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you know, when the teams are all the same. I think that's part of a narrative problem. Like people will always yeah, cite yeah. 2015 as well as being like, "Oh wow, everyone used the same team," and really, that's, that's one. Re- not that one. <laughs> it wasn't that one. Yeah, it's, that's right. Um, 2016. 2016 is the actual one. Yeah, 2016 yeah, is the yeah. actual one. Because that was, that was when I started this podcast, and like my second episode is called Groudon, Groudon Everywhere. Yeah. So I think that, that was that was the one I was thinking of. And yeah, but the, the thing actual, is... 2011 is the, the real one. Where that no, was. no! 2011 was so cool. But yeah. By, by the end of... I, I, I don't know. We can t- you, you say what you'll say, and then I'll say what I would say. About well, you don't, everyone you know hates... More first person. Well, everyone hates 2011. That's the first thing I'll say, except for me. I, I love 2011 because, yeah, 2011 was – it was very standardized. However, I played the the same, like, anti-meta team the whole year, so I had a blast, right? And for me, you know, like, I didn't have that experience, but a lot of people – a lot of other people did. That was kind of also right around the turning point of when people started, like, getting, like, good, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Like it wasn't just Ray Rizzo winning every year. Well, well it was, Ray, but it was when Ray introduced Bulky Thunderous and, and other things. It was <laughs> the team that you'd play at tournaments, the quality went way up, like from eleven to twelve, starting in twenty twelve, in my opinion. Um like at twenty eleven you could you would play against good teams, but you wouldn't always play against them until the later rounds of like regionals. I mean, I went to one regional, keep in mind. It was my first tournament ever, almost right. you know, nine years ago. So like that's that's you know take my perspective with that in mind, but yeah, like I remember I played like semi poor and semi sage like later than I should and like that well semi poor not semi sage like later in regionals and like you, there was a lot of random stuff that year, but towards the top it was more centralized and then at nationals and then um, at nationals and worlds the teams were like much like much stronger as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, twenty twelve like at regionals people were like actually like had good teams. I think part of that is Nugget Bridge being started um, mm-hmm. and, and just like more. VGC knowledge in general being spread around and people sharing teams more and and yeah 2012 2013 was kind of a golden era in my opinion 
Yeah, you you have to keep in mind that I obviously don't come at come at this from the f- same first person experience, and that I've never played VGC competitively. But I do write about the history of it every week yeah. for for False Swipe, and mm-hmm. when I've talked to people about it and going through teams, uh, there was a lot of anti twenty eleven sentiment immediately <laughs> after twenty eleven. <laughs> like people were not happy about it because I was happy. It, it, it was one of the situations where, so 2011 is the first black and white games, and so it was Unova Pokedex only. Right. Um, but it was a situation where, Wolf and I have talked a lot about this and did a video about it, about how having limited Pokedex can, it, it will very frequently strike that sweet spot of enough of an established meta that new Pokemon rise to the fore and that you also have room for counter meta. I mean, the yeah. 2014 Sage and Park is the Kalos Pokedex year. It's yeah, like a, it's a really good example of that. But in twenty, perfect example, basically. Uh, it's not a perfect example because, well, never mind. You say what you're going to say. <laughs> but but in twenty eleven, the was so so the thing was everyone brings up twenty fifteen because it was the chalk year, right? Of, yes. Of Cresselia, Heatran, Amoongus, or Aegislash, Land- Landorus, and Kangaskhan, and then Torrent or Thunderous was also on like every team too. So, but. If you look outside of the top eight at that year, there's not that many chalk teams, and chalk really was like a the Japanese players brought it this year, and it like at Worlds it was when it took over. Mm-hmm. In 2011, everyone had figured out Scrafty, Thunderous, Tornadus like before Worlds is at least what I've heard, and that's why I've heard like negative sentiment again. Okay, so it was like a meta that developed early and then never really evolved, whereas Chalk kind of just took everyone by surprise. No, it did evolve, but it evolved at Worlds when Ray, instead of all the Japanese players bringing Chalk, it was Ray, like, you know, innovating and doing really cool stuff, but it's right. not like that meta continued. It stopped at Worlds when Ray won, right? Yeah. Right. Um, that being said, I, I totally understand why people don't like 2011. I just, yeah, my perspective is very biased because I that was my first year. It was my breakout year. It's the reason I'm playing now. And also, my, I won, you know, regionals and got top eight at Worlds with Embor. So, like, yeah. my experience is very different. With Embor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the build on that thing like? Uh, it was Lumberry because the team, my heart, I had a hard trick room the whole season, like dual setters. Um, mm-hmm. Same four Pokemon for, or like, the core four was all three tournaments. And then it was week two, um, Chandelure. And Amoongus. And so the like I would have some combination of Embor, Hydreigon, Terrakion, and Thunderous to counter like those two Pokemon. Like Embor was anti-Amoongus, was Lumberry with Flare Blitz, Superpower, Rock Slide, and Protect. Um Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Um yeah. It's it's always just nice seeing people go with like an unconventional Pokemon to the end. I think that's why people well, people like me who are less familiar with VGC are not not gonna forget the Sage and Park win anytime no, soon. Nobody forgets like, that one. No one forgets that one because it's just like it just seems like the perfect anti-meta pick. But if you kind of look at it, it just seems really obvious that it was just really good roll compression on his part. Um, yeah, I think it was also like I have enormous respect for Sajin. Like I think he is one of the greatest players of all time. Um, I've had the pleasure of playing him multiple times. Um, I will say I think that that team in particular, I think Sajin got a he may have gotten a little lucky in the in the people he played. Um mm-hmm. the team that I brought, the team that my friend Billa brought, and like one of the main teams that were like was on the lookout was this team that took advantage of Gothitelle plus Mawile. It was a very, very strong combination. Yeah. Um Sajin played Billa, I believe, round one. Billa had to Gothitelle Mawile, and I believe Billa beat him pretty handily, uh, because the, he had no matchup against it. And then for the rest of the tournament, he didn't Sajin didn't play another Gothitelle Mawile. Um he, he managed to dodge them all, and there was quite a few of them as well. So, like, wow. that's, like, one of those situations where if you replay the tournament, maybe it, like, doesn't... Maybe the, maybe it doesn't, like, end up the same way, but that doesn't 
really matter because you know he he won right um he did win he was he was good but yeah no i guess i guess it can just come down to the matchups because yeah if you don't have anything for something and you know that on the first day of the tournament then yeah not also, much you I mean, can do once your team's locked right yeah exactly i mean there's nothing you can do except play better but um yeah, yeah. um the other thing is that like it's a lot about narratives right like seijin won with pachirisu right and and yeah, the way exactly. that people talk it's, it's also because people have you know Part of it is, you know, people love seeing Pachirisu and, and the story behind it, but also part of it is the way that we talk about that world win versus, you know, the other ones, yeah. right? That one is yeah. infamous by far among the, like, the, the general and casual community, um, whereas it's not like that – it's not treated the same way against among people who, like, really have played hardcore, you know? Because everyone I knew about Pachirisu – or maybe not everyone. I Like, people, like – it made sense. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, Seijin used Caterpie, right? It was like, oh, he found a Pokemon that wasn't as used but had some things going for it and he did a really good job with it and was smart with it, right? But it's not right. the same thing, right? And yeah. um, it's it's just like, yeah, it's part of the narrative, right? If I wouldn't be that surprised if people had created that same narrative around Raichu, right? When I won. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's similar. I did see, I did see it a little bit. Yeah, a, yeah, a little bit for sure. Um, but it was not not in the same sentiment of like, like Pachirisu as a Pokemon was put on is put on a pedestal, right? Because of that win, um, which I think makes sense and I think was really good for a game. Don't get me wrong, um, but yeah, I think like like I say, I, th- I think a lot of it comes down to narrative. I agree yeah. with it coming down to narrative, and I think it also is because like uh, watching your Raichu do things, it was. I think that people who have a middling understanding of Pokemon were it was very easy to understand like what the Raichu was doing and how mm-hmm. it was functioning in your team, even though it was a Raichu and, and wasn't seen that much. Whereas Seijin, if you, if you don't understand specifically why it was chosen, you just see it eat a Draco meteor and live. And you're like, I don't understand why this is happening. Yeah. So like, yeah. It, it, it seemed almost mystical to people. Right. Who did that makes not sense. Know, know it, played, it played a big role in the game as well. It's something worth noting. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like Raichu was supporting, but not in the same way that Pachirisu was eating. You know, yes. delicious meteors. But I well, yeah, like I've, I've seen like comic adaptations of the moment where it eats the yeah. Draco meteor. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> like, that. it's I, very good. I do love that you brought up narrative too, though, because you know the runner-up that year, uh, Joydi Azarelli, also had an anti-meta team and a weird team that that uh, yeah <laughs> just got fucked by Sajin. I mean, <laughs> Joydi Joydi ran. Is it? Mega. I thought it was. I've been saying it. Is it Joydi or I thought it was Jody. Jude. Jody. Oh, it's jo- it's probably Jody. I, I may. I've been Jody. I, I apologize if I'm saying that it wrong. Is, it's totally Jody. It's you're 100 percent right. Okay. Just, just yeah. Sorry. Uh, I mean, Jody brought double megas and Jody brought Lucario. Yeah, and Lucario. Brought, yeah. He brought Rotom Cut. Right. Rotom Mo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was. It like. Right. Right. There was a Rotom Mo. That was the last Pokemon. Yeah. He 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 had a really cool anti-meta team. Um, and Char Charizard Y because I wrote about it a while ago was like almost as good an anti-meta pick as Pachirisu for that tournament because they everyone ended up figuring out like that it was going to be able to beat Mawile and that Kangaskhan was going to get not used as much and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what Jody figured out and he used it for that and that's why he ended up doing so well with Charizard Y which had like completely fallen off the map before Worlds it it dominated the early part of the season and then it, Right before Worlds, everyone was saying, you can go look at the Nugget Bridge articles, like, wow, Charizard, just where did it fucking go? And then yeah. he figured out. Well, it's just because, like, I mean, Rock Slide's used a lot in, in VGC, right? I feel like uh, that would be at least a portion of it. It was more that people started to figure out how good Kangaskhan was, and yeah. um, Kangaskhan with Fake Out does a lot. Like, that. this is old Kangaskhan. There's a lot of damage. There's a lot of damage, and that was when Power Punch Kangaskhan was good, as, was, like, used as oh, well. God. And so, um, and, like, there was a lot of, I mean... 
it's been a while since 2014, but I remember a lot of like Kangas Konamungas, a lot of um, Tyranitar. I mean, and also Alex Agloza won nationals that year with the rain team, right? With a rain team that Sajin actually talking about Sajin again. Um, it was very, they're very similar. The exact one that Sajin used, I believe with Polito, Ludicolo, Aegislash, Hydreigon. Um, I believe it was Kangaskhan and I forget the last one, but yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was Alex's win. And, you know, you can throw Polytoad in a team and Charizard Y becomes a lot more difficult to use. Yeah. There, there was something going around that people were calling the Japanese sand team where yep. Tyranitar picked up steam at the very end of the season. And Tyranitar is Charizard's uh, worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. That and Polytoad. Yeah. Cause it takes away sand and then also like Charizard can't kill it especially no. in sand yeah um right so, with a special defense boost yeah so because the only way it can kill it normally is with solar beam but like and even that is iffy if but your yeah, sun's not up <laughs> yeah so so tyranitar had become really really popular as uh, tyranitar garchomp specifically and that was what dropped charizard out of the meta so jody just put them both on his team with charizard um and then he used uh rota mo and lucario to improve his matchup against the the sand team, and mm-hmm. then right. he went Charizard mode. Otherwise, so yeah, the, nice. The, it was a cool what, team. What Jody figured out was that double Mega was the way to make Charizard work. Right, and th- and that's how he managed to make it work. Because they don't just that that way. They're not just over prepared for your obvious Charizard. Well, it's like if they had like Charizard is very good except for its bad matchups. So if they if you have right. a bad matchup with Charizard, just go Lucario. Makes yeah. sense. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. That one thing that you that you brought up with that discussion is just like how narrative builds and how narrative is important. And like, as someone who doesn't really, who doesn't play professionally, narrative has been like a big part of what builds my enthusiasm around a particular season. Um, Cause like Sage and Park's win got me really, really interested in VGC. And then watching the chalk teams got me really uninterested in VGC. Cause when I'm seeing the same Pokemon, obviously there's a little more going under the, going on under the hood, but for like a really casual viewer, it just doesn't seem as interesting. It's like, how like a double fox matchup in melee is seen as like you know the ultimate thing to make fun of when talking about melee but if i say that to zane he'll kill me right <laughs> it, it's also it's it's a little bit uh sillier to say it about melee than pokemon i do think yeah. that's uh-huh. true because because like in in pokemon there might be more going on under the hood but like listen there is the misconception about 2015 that it was all chalk all the time and that's really not what happened but yeah. at the end of the day when those chalk teams came to town they were very similar like they were very similar and so the cool thing that comes about is seeing in in one way you can say okay what is the the thing that sets these teams apart like uh the second place or at VGC 2015 had Volcarona uh in in place of Heatran and he was using that as roll compression for the fire type and Amoongus with with rage powder and so you know there's something right. cool with that what does he use that sets it apart how do they play the same team in different ways but at the end of the day, Pokemon are limited in what they can do. That's just a function of it. And yes. Smash characters are not limited. Wait, I was going to say the opposite. Way. What do you think? Well, I was going to say the exact opposite thing, right? Like a okay. fox is, is always a fox, right? Like you, uh, how, how you move the fox, right? What you do with it is your choice. But you have a, a literal like limited number of, of that's options, true. right? That's but in true. Pokemon, like a lot of the interesting things in a, in a mirror match in Pokemon comes down to the like the specific EV spreads, right? Like how like the What's speed stat. The hood? Exactly. Like the speed stat, for example, who's moving first? Who's incinerator is moving first? Who's right, like right. 
Thunderous is moving first. Because if your Thunderous is faster and you could taunt the other one, right? This is Gen 5 paralysis, baby. Like, we're not talking like, you know, new age, like new age Thunder Wave. We've got like, you can paralyze Thunderous if you can move first, right? Or if you can taunt it first, right? Right, right. Um, How bulky are your Pokemon, right? Can you survive like with Shukaberry? How how much damage do you take from Landorus Earthquake? Like, there's a lot of stuff going on that people like don't, that as as someone who plays competitively is really frustrating, right? Because if I, um, if you know, if, if, if there's similar Pokemon on both teams, but they're used in totally different ways, or even if they're used in similar ways, but the specific decisions that are being made, like that's going to influence the game and in, in, like massively. And I know it's not yeah. obvious, right? But like, right. I think that's I think that's the real difference, right? Because like, let's say let's say let's continue this comparison because it's it's kind of working. Um, in in Smash Bros, the permutations of your movement are something that's immediately visible to the viewer. Like yeah. if someone is playing Fox differently than you'd normally see a Fox, it's completely ob- it's it's very. I wouldn't say completely obvious, but pretty obvious that they are playing in a different way and that those different play styles are clashing in a way that will result in a victor. But when you have, like, let's say you're literally just watching the VGC stream and you see, like, Garchomp something, Garchomp something, and you don't know what's going on under the hood, you can't see that information, then it's, it's not as obvious to you and i and that i guess that's the the difference is how things will appear to the casual viewer versus the viewer that might know a little more that's going on which is one thing that i've really appreciated about having like really good commentary on uh, on some of the on the vgc matches like it wasn't always as good as it is now <laughs> for sure like when when people will will start bringing up like the the bulkiness of the ev spreads and uh the different permutations of that pokemon that can run um like i i've, I've always really enjoyed Aaron on mic and that's uh, it's it's clear it's obvious why the why they keep going back for him <laughs> cuz he's I, he's very knowledgeable and really puts that knowledge to use yeah and i, I uh, think i think i think actually i i totally agree with everything wolf said and i feel like i just did a, a i i think maybe instead of saying uh limited the 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 word might be like determined like there are aspects of pokemon that are predetermined you yeah know, you can't once change you get into mid- tournament right yeah yeah, yeah. once you're in the tournament it's deterministic you can't you can't make as much choices on the fly right. because and you so, have to have this team locked in on day 1 at least so that, at least for vgc and so that's what's what's interesting to the to the seasoned viewer is then seeing how they play around the predetermined and that's what i was trying to say but but to an amateur viewer who comes across like it it is it is uh it is not that appealing and i i think that melee characters are limited but but the game is so close to unlimited in the choices that you have mm-hmm. like you could make a decision tree for each individual turn of pokemon and it's like not possible for melee in certain right. no it would be too big but yeah. okay but here's the thing we're talking about like casual viewers right like i know sure. when i first started melee, like watching melee like i couldn't really identify things that were going on right there's a lot no, of tech sure. that like influences how people move right that's and, like, a good point um i feel like the, I, I honestly think again this is more about like the thing the game itself nobody watches melee because they want to see like their favorite character win right that's not really something like it's not something that i've heard like oh man i really love roy like I, like you know like yeah, I personally will just root for any Pikachu that I see running in the sure, tournament. Sure, but, but that's not like the like that's rooting versus watching, right? Like if you right. like, yeah, 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 like yeah. if you're tuning into a melee tournament and it's not sure. literally your first time ever watching, you're probably not going for like seeing and like you know your favorite sure. character. No, there's I, only I what twenty six, twenty seven characters. Yeah, right. Whereas it's part of um and and both Pokemon like I guess because there's so many Pokemon, people feel like you should be able to win with anything, right? Um, 
And so I think that also that also plays into it. But it's, it's something that's very that's been super frustrating as a competitive player because also like when you do cool stuff, like you're not always praised for it either. Just like I got second at Worlds with Executor, like nobody like nobody really cares, you know. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, and even when you're doing really creative stuff, when you're doing like when you're using really weird sets on Pokemon, right? Like when I won regionals with Offensive Thunderous after Bulky Thunderous had been the standard for for like forever, and I had you know Nasty Plot sub thunderous like nobody nobody cared right they didn't care that i was doing really cool stuff with my thunderous yeah. they just cared that oh he's using thunderous again you know so i don't know it's it's frustrating it's it's frustrating as a competitive player i'll, I'll yeah. say yeah yeah i mean uh, i i i've seen your men i've seen what your mentions look like so yeah i like people are never really easy on this kind of stuff mostly because they're not fully understanding what's going on behind the hood yeah and I, 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 that's why, like, something that's always important in anything that's going to be an esport is how these narratives shake out. So that's why it's, I, it was, it was. That's why that's what the one thing I was really excited with with the with the limited decks in, in Sword and Shield was, you know, just the real full limited decks. Like, there's just some stuff that's just not there at all, and you can't bring it. And it was it was really exciting just just to see like the possi- like the new possibilities that would come to the forefront build a different kind of narrative. But of course, the dominating narrative that came on in Pokemon fandom is just Dexit. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I think narrative is 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 really what ties it all together, and it's something Wolf and I have talked about a lot with regards to Pokemon. Um, in that like something that the Smash scene has done so remarkably well over the years is uh is spread their own narrative and mythology when they have no funding, no backing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I know that there are so many people who become fans of a player because they see their write-up on the top 100 list and think, oh, an interesting, like, I don't know this person, but they seem interesting. They're a bit of an underdog. It's nice to root for the underdog. They sound like they have a cool play style. I'll go check out some VODs, etc., etc. <clears throat> and so Smash, along with the you know the documentary and all of the the highly produced uh, content that has been behind it, has done an amazing job of of propelling its own narrative. And Pokemon, while I love the scene, has not done no, not at all. Yeah, and it's something that Wolf and I have talked about it a lot. It's something that I'm trying to to make little bit of efforts to change a little bit. Like I, Wolf and I have been talking about doing a mini documentary episode on Wolf, basically, like who is Wolf Glick for a while. Um, I'm probably going to do one on Aaron Trailer first. Actually, I'm like interviewing him tomorrow. So Excellent. Spoilers nice spoilers for that. But but you know, like that's really easy. That's like such an easy sell of like how Charizard won the biggest modern Pokemon tournament. Like it's so so easy to do something with that, um, and it just hasn't happened yet. And way back at the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about personalities in, in Pokemon, and Wolf saying that there are tons of personalities, but they just don't get the exposure. And that's like the part that I think really needs to happen for Pokemon, because I guarantee you there are tons of fans of Wolf who sit down to watch Wolf at a tournament who don't know that Wolf plays a defensive style. (laughs) A huge portion. And that's not a slight against Wolf in any way. (laughs) We bulky boys! But but what I'm saying is that the same narratives of playstyle and preference don't exist in Pokemon. Like Ashton Cox should be the most popular Pokemon player in the world. <laughs> like he like if 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 the Pokemon community had spread its narratives correctly, Ashton would be the fan favorite. Like he just would be. Um, is there anyone really building like narrative anymore? Because I know that was something that was 
it kind of happened with Nugget Bridge, but then when there's less Nugget Bridge, it wasn't really around um, anymore. So we had, I don't even know if, I don't know how much narrative Nugget Bridge built more than it, more like it just was like a really great resource and like was good for the community as a whole. I, I don't, it wasn't community like it makes the narrative happen is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fair. Well, you, you'd get the odd like community report on there, but yeah, no, it wasn't. No, there were lots of reports back in the day. Um, yeah. we had, I want to shout out Giovanni Costa, Gio, who was, he did it. He was doing some amazing stuff where he put a ton of time in and, and do like some cool player profiles and is like an amazing yeah. videographer. Um, but his, his videos didn't really get much traction or much support. Like they did well, but like not well enough to justify the 40 hours or whatever he was putting into yeah. that. Right. You know? Um, so um no i don't i don't really think we have much narrative being built i mean you have aaron and myself making content and other people making content as well um but we've never really i mean how right like how like how do you build narrative is a difficult question you know right Um, i think it's just a matter of talking about it i think the the best uh narrative building video i've seen made by someone one of the best ones i've seen made by someone in the pokemon community is uh it's marcus marcus Uh statter just mm-hmm. sitting down with the image of all the top teams throughout the years, and he's just talking about it and talking about who the players are. Yeah. And that no, that's video really cool. has a ton of views. And it's literally just Marcus with OBS and a static image open. He doesn't even like go, like he pulls up a VOD once or twice. Again, this is not like, I don't think Marcus realized how how much people would be interested in it. But uh-huh. but it, it's just I have, to remind, about, I have to remind you to link me that later so I can put it in the show notes. Yeah, sure. But it's just about talking about it more in a more public fashion and and doing stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess it's I guess it's just a volume thing, right? Like both in like amount of content and also just like the reach of that content. And Wolf, I think you're doing really great work with uh, with your like daily videos that you're putting out now because they're all they're all talking about things as they happen, and it's been uh, it's been cool to watch them when I've uh, when I've seen them on my recommended videos. Although I definitely d- I don't watch enough YouTube to watch a half hour video every day, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, I, I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been very cool to have that stuff building up. Aaron's videos have always been good, like the. Road to Ranked stuff has always been really good for building throughout the VGC season. And um, I, I, I just, I, I don't know, like, it's, it, it doesn't seem like centralizing it would be, like, something that anyone could reasonably do. So I guess it's just more people making it and networking with each other and building together is kind of how it has to go. But yeah, yeah, no, it's how you build the narrative is really the question. I, I think, Wolf, like, I know you're always looking for ideas for content and stuff. And I think that a type of video that you could do really well and probably do better than the, like, high production value ones Kellett and I are trying to make um, <laughs> is, like, you know how when we were talking about the, when Wolf and I were talking about who should be the coaches for the league, he was like, oh, Eduardo Cunha, like Eduardo Cunha, no one knows how good this guy is. Like he's, he's so innovative. He's so good. Like, and he's trying to make content. This should be the guy. I think if you just rambled about that and gave it a clickbaity title, like mm-hmm. it would do really well. The best, the best player, player, player people <laughs> don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like literally yeah. just do that. And then because you are now one of the de facto media <laughs> sources of propaganda for VGC <laughs> people people would be informed right so. yeah no it's something i could definitely think about yeah yeah pl- yeah player profiles of that of that ilk would be really cool like i, I mean I, i'm going to try to i'm going to try to get more people on the podcast for sure cuz that's that's one thing that it's just having a like a nice central place to talk to people and even just like networking with the, some of the other pokemon podcasts which i've done like sparingly so far but not as much as i'd like to 
because I know like uh, Soundproof Cast has been doing a lot of really good stuff about VGC lately, um, and and their show art is really cute. <laughs> Wolf, you said wait, you said you did do a player profile. I did one on so back in the day, uh, a certain um, YouTuber uh, went after um, a very well known, well liked, and amazing person, Joshua Lorsey. Um, uh-huh. He had been trained to Pokemon in like a Pokeball that wasn't legal and bred it down and like. He was like working a ton and didn't have time. Didn't like realize the ball wasn't legal, and so like yeah. basically this narrative had been post had been you know shared about him that he was like a, uh, a cheater, right? And you know that right. he was a bad person. And is this know, the same person who routinely calls you a cheater? Am I thinking of the same person? Um, it might be. I mean, who, who can never be sure? Um, yeah. But anyway, and we were at London at the time, and I, and he Josh was really like upset about it, and so I, I was like, yo, like let's sit down, and I had some help from other people at the time, and I was like, let's let's tell your story. It was like just an eleven minute video of him telling a story um on my channel but yeah i've done i've done that before and i i mean i hope that it was helpful to him to have like at least another side right and that was more of a response yeah. to something where you know one person says this person's bad man and then you say hey i'm not bad man and then at least there's both sides of it and people can choose what they want but yeah that was also when your channel was way way smaller and you way were smaller yeah. a video a video every day so. yeah yeah well yeah it's it's uh i think yeah reach is definitely a part of it <laughs> about building uh, about building like fostering the community I, I, it also just seems like the community can be a little splintered like, yeah it's, it's in a lot of different places at once yeah i'm honestly not really a part of the vgc community at the moment right. it's actually fun fact like just like of the of the people who like seriously play hard, hardcore like i'm not i'm like not a part of that at the moment well okay yeah. wait, you, you have to clarify that because you helped team build for the guy who just won the biggest tournament of all time i have like, like my built together right um i have like i the way that i've kind of always operated is like i have the i have like my friends and the people who i am like close with um and i like talk you know i'm i'm involved with them and they're amazing people and you know i'm very very lucky um to have them but i don't really i have i've, no, I've always kept my circle close just because i've always been a player who i've always i've been high profile since, since my first tournament when i you know i won and so because of that people are, have always been um interested in like what i'm doing and, and my preparations and um so i've always kept my circle close for that reason and recently like speaking of narrative within the community there like people people who do not like me for their own personal reasons have been spreading narratives about me. Um, and you know, people are looking for reasons not to like the people at the top. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and so because of that, like people, you know, you if you make, if someone says, okay, Hey, I heard Wolf did this thing. Right. And then they say, Hey, Wolf did this thing. It doesn't, nobody cares if it's true or not. Right. Like <laughs> people are looking for a reason not to like the people bad at man. the top and especially like somebody like, yeah, bad man, like, or especially me. Right. Because I do, I don't, I don't like, I like I said, I keep my circles close, right? I don't always interact with like that many people. So, um, so it's like, and nobody comes to me and says, "Hey, Wolf, I heard this thing about you. Is it true?" Like, no, they're not going to do that. They're just going to be like, "Oh, Wolf's very bad." And then these narratives spread and they snowball. And they'll literally like realize. tag you on on Twitter with it too. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, like wow, like Wolf's so bad. Here's all the bad things you do, and they ta- they tag me, and it's like I didn't I didn't do this, right? But no, nobody cares about right. that, right? And there's and there's like it's it's almost just pointless to try to fight that kind of thing. Yeah. So so I, for that reason, like the, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's another thing that kind of that that kind of has has negatively impacted Pokemon community building is that there are just a lot of clickbait types who whose entire they they want to run everything off of manufactured controversy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Zane. I I say this in knowing it sounds like a big overstatement, but it's a hundred percent not. Uh, what Wolf did in the past year is probably going to save the Pokemon community. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm really, really serious about that because the Pokemon community's biggest enemy for a long time 
was the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and related to other things, not just the fact that Wolf has started uploading consistently, but the fact that Wolf has uploaded consistently is a big reason now why when you search Pokemon VGC, you actually get videos about it and about Pokemon and about... Right, and not just player. like, this VGC player is a dirty hacker yeah. by V-Word, who yes. shall not be named. So so uh, I, I really do think, like, not to make Wolf the fucking messiah, but... No, I'm not. <laughs> but... but it, it it really is true that uh, and it's a long t- it's a long term thing because I mean Aaron used to upload all the time mm-hmm. all the time too so it was YouTube algorithms sw- switching finally too but the fact that now control of the algorithm has been wrested from the <laughs> evil forces that maintained it uh, it's actually a really big deal and so now if Wolf were to make like I said a narrative video about a Pokemon player said Pokemon player could be good man who everyone loves instead of just no one watching the video. I'm so excited right. for the concept of building more good men. <laughs> Let's get good men out there. There are, there's, there's some incredible people in the community. I, I do want to say like, it's not like I'm flawless, right? Like I've definitely made mistakes in the past, but that's not, it's not to the level of, uh, of, you know, what I was describing, but thank you. Zayn. I, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that to get like, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't saying. I hope you know. I wasn't saying that to like get praise or anything. It's just like my <laughs> full restore is now an official arm <laughs> of the Wolfie Group propaganda. The propaganda machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm repl- I'm replacing all the site icons with Mr. Fish. It's fish time. It's fish time. Maybe. That should just be done no matter what. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll probably sneak him into the show art just for this episode. <laughs> I'll, I'll get Gol- I'll go get. I'll get Golert to draw him in. Very nice. Good idea. <laughs> Mm-mm. What were you saying, Wolf? Before I made a propaganda joke? No, I, th- I think I think I was I was pretty much saying that, which is that um, you were saying I think um, you were talking about how the community is splintered, and I was like, yeah, actually, on the topic of it being splintered, I, I like I like it's not beneficial to anybody, you know, on my videos for me to say like, hey guys, like I like actually am like really like harassed pretty like frequently by the by the competitive community, right? Like I could, it'd be true, right? Like. People like who I don't know, I've never spoken to, like make hate tweets about me that I see, you know, and that I've stopped seeing because thank you, your button, very cool. Um, oh, it's so like, good. Yeah, like it happens, it happens frequently, right? But like, I'm not going to push that. I'm not going to talk about that because it doesn't benefit anybody, right? Like, it's like, no, it's pushing a narrative, it's pushing a, a narrative that even though it's true, and even though like I could probably send vitriol towards people who like hate me unfairly, I, I don't want to do that because then it's just, then it, that changes the narrative, right? Then it says, okay. The Pokemon community is bad. Look how people treat, you know, this, this, you know, like for better or for worse, like I am, I am popular, right? Like I am a popular right. VGC player. And so, um, yeah, like, but it, it is, it is really, it is splintered. And I don't know, like maybe, maybe the community, the rest of the community that the part that like hates me, maybe they're all like, you know, together and happy go lucky or whatever. And like, you know, they're all doing great, but at least from my perspective, it, it does feel pretty, um, pretty splintered. And I want to say part of it's just Twitter culture, dude. Like part of it is just like, on forums like there weren't likes or there were likes but it didn't matter in the same way right like everyone's right. just trying to get that sweet serotonin boost from like you know getting the positive interactions and like you can't, the, the likes you can't didn't make your matt. post appear more you can't talk to matt and i about forums dude we, we dude we're gonna our, <laughs> you know, like that's where we that's no, where we, we met forums. oh i love we, forums. we are like we are deep forum posters i've yeah. i still was running a forum up until like last year they're so <laughs> dead dude i'm so sorry but they're so dead yeah no oh my god every time every time that me and zane go back and look at the old pokemon factory community board just feels so sad (laughs) my first ever interaction with matt was that so we we ran 
we both at different periods helped run Pokemon Factory, which was a Fakemon community of, cool. of just building Fakemon and stuff. But Matt left for a really long time in the time that I, uh, an illustrious 14-year-old, rose to power. Um, <laughs> And so, oh god, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Look, I, I joined Pokemon Factory when I was eleven, oh, and god. you can you can find my old posts on there, and they are not flattering. I mean, and, but there was also a running joke about how fun it was to bully young Matt, like, like yeah, because he was young. <laughs> um, oh god! Uh, but when Matt finally came back, I don't know. Matt was like what, like eighteen, nineteen, or something. Like yeah, and and, and Matt said the fuck word, and I had oh. to DM Matt. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Hey. We don't use the fuck word. <laughs> it was really funny. I, I am very much a frequent internet cusser, and I completely forgot about that interaction. <laughs> so, very good. That's so hilarious. Funny. Yeah. Golurk and I, like, beefed. Golurk, who is now... The artist? Yes, thank you. Oh, they're you. super talented. I was about to say, coming to prominence, thank God. Uh, so Golurk I've known for uh, also 10 years, I think. Yeah. Wow. Um, he he drew the show art if you haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, it's and very I've also good. just been drawing a ton of stuff on Twitter, and he's insanely, insanely gifted. Fun fact: I helped go. We bought Golurk his tablet. He drew on trackpad for the first like five years of his internet art career, and then we bought him his tablet. So he that's so nice. Gift it to the world. Yeah, not God really, bless. But like we we really go back, and uh, Golurk and I at one point beefed. Because on said Pokemon Fakemon forum, he wanted to give a Pokemon that was a steam-powered giraffe ability <laughs> based on Nikola Tesla. And I said, like, this isn't actually how Nikola Tesla's invention worked. And then he was like, I hate people who just need to be all about the facts in Pokemon and the fun and everything. Which he was 100% right about. But, but 14-year-old Golurk and Zane, like, beefed. I genuinely cannot wait for him to listen to this and then, and then, oh and then mention that in chat. I mean, that's we, talk, we, talk about that, we talk about that all the time because we go back to the posts and we both cringe at how awful we were. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the fun of forums is that it's very, it's just finding old posts, finding yeah. your old self. And yeah, no, I, I, I think just as a community, they're a lot better because they're not as engagement based like it's whatever the newest post is is at the top and then there's everything's threaded down i think discord has been like a relatively decent but it's um, not public is the thing discord no. is good but it's not like you know like if yeah. people want to be involved in the vgc community all the discord happens on twitter which is not great not ideal not I've, ideal it's I've too impermanent it's it's also why people don't know and i talked about this in the very very first episode of my podcast uh analog about smash um and we were talking about a similar problem of, like, the Smash community moving to Twitter, um, whereas previously it had been on Smashboards. And even right. Facebook was better beforehand. Now Facebook would be useless as well right. because right. in groups. But basically it's because uh, the Internet broke time uh, yeah. in that things are no longer sorted chronologically. Like, yeah. that's actually what it is. Yeah. 100%. Things it's literally only Tumblr. It's just life. Tumblr. That's the only yeah. thing left. Well, but even that, I mean, that, and well, that Tumblr's is. not a good website. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yeah. say it is. But the only uh, reason why they don't have an algorithmic timeline is because I'm sure they do not know how to make it. Yeah, but I mean, even if you even if you think of, I mean, Nugget Bridge had forums, but also like what I was saying earlier about community builds narrative. It's all it's all tied to this, and and Nugget Bridge at least had 
articles that came out in a chronological fashion. And yeah. even that is a, a chronology that gives people a timeline to latch on to. It keeps things in order. Our brains don't move in the same ways anymore. Like, I know yeah. I'm sounding very conspiracy. Like I'll give you your, your I mean, okay, I'm, I'm deep in politics this. Twitter right now, so nothing can sound more conspiracy brain than that. But but <laughs> our, our the way that we process uh, uh, just the movement of discussion is now different between every person because you get a different timeline based on which tweet thread you go through. Whereas right. when you were on forums and stuff, the discussion at least was the same. Like if you read the same thread, everyone read the same thread. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the internet broke time and it, it, it fucked everything up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, even like, um, like I think, a lot of in a lot of ways, Reddit is very comparable to for, was was very comparable to forums before. It was all like upvote algorithms, just yeah. because everything was threaded. Yeah, and yeah, no, the, the I think it it really is kind of just the lack of threading and the lack of chronology that really kind of kills stuff. Yeah, and and the and the like engagement culture, right? Like you could we had likes on forums, or it wasn't that wasn't like the that wasn't like the determinant of whether a post was good. You know, um, it was just to watch the numbers go up. Yeah, it. yeah. So like, you know, like now people don't make posts because they want to have good discussions. Also, there is no discussion, right? Or there's not, there's nowhere near as much discussion. Like, there's the point of like a thread was to have, you know, I remember posting on threads and people were like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And like everyone in the community would give their thoughts on it. Um, yeah. But now it's like, you know, you don't, there's there's not discussion, and that's um and and the point of a post is not to to spark discussion; it's to get likes or retweets or you know engagement mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not to to make it a VGC versus singles thing, but uh, you know, interestingly enough, something else that I've been wanting to do for a while, along with highlighting uh, the VGC players who have not had their narrative spread, is to highlight Smogon singles players because Smogon singles has arguably done a better job of building narrative and community than the VGC community. Yeah, I agree. If only just because it's in one place, right? And what that led to is like when the smog was still going, the magazine, you would have mm-hmm. player profiles. People would just take it upon themselves to interview players and like put up a little interview with this player letting you know who they are. It's mm-hmm. actually really interesting because from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people think of Smogon as this really disparate Wild West place where there's just like too many people to nail down. And it could not be more different. I mean, right. the the consistent players in tournament all know each other and they know each other's styles and they there are narratives around the players and how good they are at different formats and all that sort of stuff and so that's something where those narratives do exist and they are spread and understood but it's just never made its way outside of smogon because it's never had a reason to Mm -hmm. well zane i do run a pokemon podcast and you know me I, so, I do, but I mean, drag I'm one an, of them over. I'm not an insider to that community either, but I'm gonna. We'll, we'll see. I, yeah, I'm yeah. We'll talk. We'll forays, talk. Making headroad <laughs> inroads. Yeah, I think the perception of Smogon um, ends up really negative on the outside because they don't understand. A lot of people don't understand the purpose of bans. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, one of the questions we got this week, I might as well just say it outright, is from my friend Colin. How can we punish Smogon for breaching the Geneva Convention, i.e. Darmanitan, because Darmanitan's his favorite Pokemon, and he's over in Ubers, but, like, if you're playing against Darmanitan, you understand why he's in Ubers. Banning Darmanitan was signing the Geneva Convention. (laughs) It was literally taking 
unethical <laughs> weapons of war and sequestering them. Like that is... Gor- Guerrilla tactics is a war crime. <laughs> like, it's we're we're saying the name, it. guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's episode uh, title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wolf, any thoughts? Uh, what's the question? Just thoughts. Uh, Dermans have been. Uh, sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I started on Smogun. Well, technically, I sport. Where did I start? I really got involved in, in competitive on Serebi forums where they had a battle league, and this guy named Skynet yeah. I beat, but then he was friends with people, and so he lied and said he beat me, but I had the logs. <laughs> And then, <laughs> oh my god, and there was, was like that one? Was when was what was it running on then? Was it like shoddy, shoddy battle? No, it was Wi Fi. Oh, wait, oh, no, it was, it was um, it was Pokemon Online. It was Pokemon Online. This okay, is okay, 2010 or 2011. Um, yeah. yeah, and then and then I left, and then I went to I was on Maryland for a little bit, and then I ended up on Smogan, and that's how I found out about VGC. There was a thread, it was like a tournament sub forum, and I went there, and then it said, like, oh, VGC tournament in like Washington, DC area, and I was like, wait, I live there. Um, and, and so yeah. Happened. Yeah, and then I won. But yeah, like I started, I, you know, I, I I don't like, yeah, so Mogan, it really feels like they don't really interact much outside of their outside of their mm-hmm. community. And to be fair, I don't know if they have a reason to, right? Like they're doing their own thing and they're having fun. So like, I don't no, know. They, do, they don't really have a reason to. I feel yeah, like, it's like a lot of people aren't necessarily interested in the narratives outside. They're just interested in playing the game, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good also that they have people like Pokeam, obviously, is a big one who plays like yep. those formats like really competitively and it's very good. Very, very good. Um, I imagine that's probably good because I know like he probably he's probably like he's to Smogun probably as I am to VGC right now if I had to guess. Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely him. He's and then I don't know who the blunder analog for VGC would oh, be. I don't. I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> it's always yeah. It's interesting looking at the communities from the outside because I know I, I do follow a lot of people for things I don't necessarily follow. Like I follow the guy who won the fucking. Uh, pokemon go battle tournament that they had at worlds last year Yo, that was sick i was like that was very good that was so sick i was so into that there's a whole meta there and it blows my mind because i do not understand it at all <laughs> and that's one thing that i definitely want to look into a little more because it's like it's something that has such a potentially large user base because a bajillion people play pokemon go yeah even now to this day yeah yeah Pokemon I was very ex- I was very excited just now to look up Maryland and to find that it does indeed still exist. So that's nice. <laughs> oh yeah, Maryland shows up to events and stuff all the time too. Oh, that's sick. He's a nice uh, guy. It, it's it, it's good to see that a lot of like the Pokemon websites are still around just because like largely on the internet websites barely exist anymore. It's all platforms. Yeah. Oh, which true. is kind of disheartening. <laughs> it's like it's it's prohibitively expensive to have your own space compared to what it was like 10, 15 years ago where I mean, you can like very easily get stuff like that and have it set up pretty quickly. When Wolf said earlier, you know, the golden age of Pokemon was like 13, 14, 15. Uh, 12, 12, 12 is so good. Okay. Sorry. But, but there was a certain website that was operating for those years that, you know, I mean, <laughs> Nugget, Nugget Bridge was like, <laughs> okay. That's being a narrative changing. I said 12 and 13, but no, I agree. 12, yeah. I, I, I think, okay. My bad. Well, yeah, Nug- but, Nugget Bridge. I, I got cited a lot by me in like the early days of this podcast, like way back, it was way back in 2016. It was four goddamn years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like, it's something that I brought up a lot because it was it was really easy to follow. It was really easy to get the chronology of it. If I wanted to talk about like recent events, they were in chronological order. So it could be like, oh, hey, yeah. what do the teams look like at this tournament? Uh, now we do, there are still sites for it. Like, I, I have Peakalytics open right now and I have VGC Stats open right now, both really good sites that use slightly different methodologies, but. Trainer Tower, um, too. Trainer Tower is the closest to what Nugget Bridge was. Yeah. I wouldn't. 
Yeah, I wouldn't compare. Yeah, it's it's the closest. Yeah, but but it's not the same for sure. It's, they're doing different totally things. Yeah, um, and then yeah, like Dragon Free is still out there. That's another website that still exists. Uh, Never yeah, that. Yeah. I'm actually I actually have her queue to be on the podcast. Really? Cool. Yeah, she's she she agreed to come on. She this is the home of the most popular Pokemon fan fiction on the internet, Wolf. Oh, I'm glad I've never I mean no no comment. <laughs> um, I did read all of the Quest for the Legends. It finished like two years ago. Yeah. Uh I think I think that what Pokemon is dealing with I mean it's just not impossible not to compare it to Smash because the circumstances of its birth and and subsequent abandonment are so similar. <laughs> I mean, uh, Nintendo doesn't it? give a fuck, uh, right? Say, well, is that what it is? They give well, more of a fuck about Pokemon. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't feel like it's a harder time. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it's totally fair to say that we've been like abandoned, but it is. It's. It's also Pokemon is so so slow to enact any changes, but it is getting better. If you compare 2011 yes, to 2020, it's night sure. and day, right? But then again, we have a regional, the biggest regional of uh, modern era, not all time, but pretty close to it, right? The, effectively the biggest, if not number in magnitude, you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the most important tournament of, of all time was Dallas. They streamed four rounds day one Yeah, that out was, of 10. Yeah, that was and something. No top 32, no top 16, top one, top eight. And then, yeah, the rest of the tournament, like, and we have, it's not grass and they, you know, grass, they wouldn't let a grassroots streamer stream it because Pokemon was streaming it. Right. And like it changes, but it is getting better. If you compare 2011 yes. to 2020, oh, it's sure. night and day. Right. But then again, we have a regional, the biggest regional of uh, modern era, not all time, but pretty close to it, right? The, effectively the biggest, if not number in magnitude, you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the most important tournament of, of all time was Dallas. They streamed four rounds day one Yeah, that out was, of 10. Yeah, that was and something. No top 32, no top 16, top one, top eight. And then, yeah, the rest of the tournament, like... And we have it's not grass, and they you know grass they wouldn't let a grassroots streamer stream it because Pokemon was streaming it right, and like right. we have no say in stuff like that. We have no we have no, and we wouldn't have tournaments without them. But also we have no because of the, because of that we have no chance to run it our own way. Well, yeah, because they kind of they kind of have themselves like clamped over everything by making everything gated by like their, your championship points, right? So it has to follow the tournament rules and everything that they have set up. And yeah, I mean they you run have to the have, like your own so, yeah. Pokemon. Pr- yeah, everything's run by them. The thing is, you would have tournaments without them, but it would look different. It would look, it would look different. different. I think. I think that the the problem that Pokemon has always faced is that it was. It's always had the same issues of Nintendo being reluctant to support a competitive scene, which they are finally coming around on. And mm-hmm. they they did establish the competitive VGC scene, you know. So so props to them, and and they've always supported it in their own way. But it, the fact that uh, Smash was just forsaken by nintendo is why smashers took it upon themselves to make all of the stuff that they did yeah and and vgc players have always been nominally supported by but maybe not to the degree that they want and so there hasn't been the same grassroots community building uh to the same degree in pokemon as there has been in smash Uh, specifically for vgc because i guess like really the only thing the only way you're running singles tournaments or anything with singles is grassroots right yeah yep like that's the only way it's going to happen at all because like they don't even balance their game around singles anymore. That's why that's why yep. things like bands exist. Yeah, I mean Dynamax is not a good mechanic in singles. I will tell you that's that much. Terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that's a perfectly good spot for me to transition to the questions we got because, like, the first question is, do you enjoy Dynamaxing Pokemon? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's a great mechanic. Let's go. I mean, honestly, I would, I maybe would have been okay without it. Like, I think the format would have still been really good without Dynamax, but given how badly it could have messed everything up, I'm, I'm going to say we'll take it. I'm happy. Yeah, my favorite thing about Dynamax, um, I mean, in singles, it's really bad. Uh, yeah, oh, in singles, oh, God, yeah, get out. Really. Yeah, no, 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 no. And there are certain things about it I would still change uh, that I think could be true for both doubles and singles. Like, getting your choice lock removed is, I don't know why that happens. No, I think yeah. I think it makes sense. Because uh, okay. if you don't remove the lock, then you don't remove the boost either, right? Yeah. You want to deal with choice choice scarf? That's true. It, it, does, it does get rid of the boost, right? It does. Get, get remove, it. It remove, yeah, okay, I thought so. You're holding no item. It just ends up. It, it makes for niche edge cases that are that are are silly and broken. But uh, yeah. But but my favorite thing about Dynamax is that you get to. I mean, Pokemon's been trying to build a meta game that is revolved around like different game states in like terrain and mm-hmm. and like trick room yeah. and weather for a really long time. Yeah. And the fact that now you don't have to use one of uh-huh. six Pokemon to do that is really cool. Like the fact I that. Agree. You don't need to use Pin Kirchen to counter Spore because you can use you can Max Lightning with Duraludon. Exactly. That's what. Yeah, that's how we beat Sleep Powder at regionals. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, it's actually really, really cool. I like it a lot. That, I agree. Um, that you're able to to move into what is clearly what Pokemon has intended to be the deep play and counterplay of the of Pokemon for like three years now, and it finally feels as if it is. We made it. We did what right are now. some of the changes you'd make to it? I guess to start, what would what were some what would some changes be that you would make to make it work better in singles? Oh, and so god, in singles there's there's no saving it. Like in singles, no, like not. even like like reducing some of the boosts, making in the moves singles, have yeah, strength, maybe, like something like that. Maybe if in singles, how could you, you fix it in singles max without guard on turn one? You have to use max guard on turn one, like that. Yeah, it wouldn't save it, but it would make it slightly better. Like if you could. I have honestly, dude, it can't be saved. Like, you couldn't save it in singles without ruining it in doubles, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like, if is it if if it would be possible to have them work slightly differently between singles and doubles, which I know is not really something that um, Game Freak does, mm-hmm. but you know, speaking in pure theory purposes here, like, we were all moves can function like fighting and poison moves where they cap at ninety five and don't get in, like, and they sometimes they're you know like they're not always like as strong. Um, right, that could be interesting. Um, I think if I think if Dynamax lasted four turns, but the first turn was like I use Max Guard and don't, and this turn just becomes nothing except or, the opponent or set up or something. Like what if yeah, what if like on the first turn you can't attack? Like your your yeah, attack that, that turn is Dynamaxing, for no, example. Yeah, that, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Oh that's yeah, that, I guess that's exactly. But you can take damage while you Dynamax. Yeah, you know? either either way. Yeah, yeah. But, but that that could make it so that if you read a Dynamax and set up, you don't just get blown away. Like setting up is actually counterplay to it. Yeah, and it would also yeah. make for what I think they intended. I think the reason they thought it might work a little bit more in singles is that you can counter, you can Dynamax to counter a Dynamax. Right. But it it's the it's the stat boost. Dynamax. If you take away the stat boost. Maybe then it works in singles, right? Like speed boosting. I mean, flying boosting speed. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. flying yeah. mission speed is the, was the biggest one for sure yeah one, one of the uh, one of the questions that came through uh from Heruzefka was out of all pokemon available ones that benefit the most from dynamax and gmax and i feel like that's basically anything that gets the max moves that boost its own stats right yeah, so. I mean, it's also things that are frail, like hyper-offensive mons benefit a lot, like offensive Duraludon, Dragapult, those are great Dynamax Pokemon. Um, yeah. Things that boost stats, but it's mostly speed, honestly. We haven't seen that. Yeah, so it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the things with GMAX flying, because I mean, on both VGC stats and Picolytics, they both list Togekiss as number one by like a pretty wide Yeah, but it, that's primarily because of support Togekiss, not necessarily offensive. Not necessarily well, but offensive. I, but, it, but it also is, I mean, I, I was going to bring up Togekiss too, because Togekiss gets extra mileage, quote unquote, in the fact that it can Dynamax by the fact that it usually is support Togekiss. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like it, it can do both. Like, Even offensive Togekiss normally run follow me as the fourth move. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. so, so like the, the fact that Togekiss can do both is part of why it's so broken right. part of why it's so like yeah because I, I know one thing that works really well with uh with some of the other things near the top like like duraludon is just the the combination of the steel and the dragon is is good for just like tanking physical hits right because you're raising I, your defense or you're lowering their attack i just want to say really quickly when everyone saw duraludon everyone's thought was like oh that's the vgc pokemon right yeah like, oh absolutely right okay. especially I, when I they were like showing it off I, when I they were showing it confirm. off in the video with the, yep. with the yeah. was the room service the the item that no yeah. one uses. No, a jackpack, exactly. I think. Uh, it, yeah, they with Duralum with a jackpack. Oh yeah, no, they did show yeah. it with a jackpack. You're right. But I think it was like, the same, same video as. as yeah, yeah, same video. Yeah, you're same. right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I mean, when that Pokemon was revealed, I was like, it's a Steel Dragon type, and it's gonna have the signet. Yeah, okay, so this is where they were like, here's our competitive Pokemon. Yeah, but it's cool. Stalwart, Stalwart is really cool. No, it is. It's a it's a sick Pokemon. Stalwart is just a really cool ability. I I was, I I really like having it around for for VGC because it's just it's they cool. Make an item that does it. I don't know if that'd be good or bad, but I want an item that does it. It'd be interesting mm. to theorem on something like that. Like just this this is why I kind of wish that that uh, it was slightly easier to mod Showdown so I could just you know try it out and see how mm. it would play. Yeah. But I find it a complete mess and I do not understand it at all. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pokemon that can use the speed boosting move are really good in general. That's like the the speed. And boosting then move. and then things that 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 uh, take huge advantage from the extra HP, like Rhyperior being a top threat, is very cool to see because it has historically not been that great. Yeah, it's been like a de- policy, it's a pretty fairly decent uh, trick room mod. It's been around with weakness policy before, but weakness policy with your HP stat doubled is a lot better than without yeah. no rapier is great and in both of its stabs effectively boosting its special defense are very good as well like yeah a lot right, of right pokemon... setting sandstorm or just boosting it yeah those yeah. are both doing it yeah lots of pokemon Same. benefit from dynamax extra drill as well like raising its defenses like a lot a lot of pokemon honestly a lot of pokemon benefit yeah yeah what's well, it i it's it's cool seeing what is at the top and it's interesting I'm, I'm interested to see how some of the like former vgc threats are going to fare under this this kind of environment like like Incineroar, like obviously it's it was such a centralizing force in the last couple of years of VGC. Uh, interested Cat, to see how it'll cope. Cat's still good. Cat's still good. I'm sure it's Cat. good. Cat's still good. <laughs> uh, a question from uh, Beckrock Leo on Twitter. No questions, but a suggestion. Scare Wolfie by saying Incineroar. Uh, ben Incineroar. Ah. Buy my merch. Ben Incineroar. <laughs> I Buy the merch. I agree. We were talking earlier about how like. Uh, the interesting thing in seeing in seeing uh, 
the same Pokemon be used is seeing the sets and the the pre preparation and thing. Mm-hmm. But Incineroar is a Pokemon that just makes your opponent not interact with you. Incineroar is like the puff of of Pokemon. Oh, it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, it is. In addition to being like ev- everywhere, because... I do like the idea of saying the puff of Pokemon. It's it a hundred percent is because it's like... <laughs> no, but just like as if puff is not literally a Pokemon. It's, right. It, right. Oh, it's, oh huh. I forgot about that. Forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, but, but Incineroar's job is to make you not move, make your move do less, and, uh, then go away. And then, and then fuck again. off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it puffed. Yep, um, I, don't, I don't like Incineroar. I got one question from, uh, Stephanie Age of Oddish, Friends of the Show. Uh, if you can add just one old Pokemon that's not currently available in Sword and Shield to shake Polytoad. up the current meta, what would it be? Politoed? Give me Politoed. Like, I love Executor too, but give me Politoed. Like, Politoed would be... They, they, they honestly did, did rain so dirty. They did rain dirty. They were like, hey, Torkoal, best, best Sunsetter, Jigalith, and Tyranitar, and Hippodon, take your pick. We're, like, oh, you, we gave you Vanillix? Ah, it's not that good. Okay, here's Ninetales Alola. Oh, also a bonus snow. Rain, Pelipper, the worst Pokemon ever created. <laughs> um... I've had uh, some fun with Pelipper, and I, I, no, I do like I do no like way. slow U turns, but no Politoed. It's the it's the oh, man. We do it. It's for s- for singles. Uh, Breloom would shake things up. Oh, yeah. no, we don't. I really don't. If it's all right, if it's all the same to you, I'd rather not have any like actual good spore users in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Scarf yeah, Bloom, sporing I, Dynamax. I don't. I don't. Breloom know that I being Breloom being something back, that but... like really relies on his abilities. For his ability and technician for doing a lot of his damage would be kind of interesting. I guess like like the support variants would would see a lot more use because they'd be they. Joey, no. Joey yeah, sixoed Joey sixoed someone last season in WE by WBE by using stop it su- stop su- it sub toxic. I, I I am aware, Zane. I am very aware. Thank you. <laughs> so Brelum, just just, Brelum. To, just to say that it doesn't need technician to six out teams. <laughs> okay, did this important bring Bugsy Duosion? Do you remember that? <laughs> Man, Duosion? Duosion's got way too high of a special attack stat for a Let's middle stage. Duosion, Duosion was fuck? so good. How how did you lose to how did you lose to a Pokemon that just does toxic damage with something that has magic card? Well, because <laughs> because I didn't have Eviolite. <laughs> seems seems pretty bad to me. I don't even know if I like, brought Magic Guard. Seems like a misplay. Oh, what did you bring? I probably brought Magic Guard. I don't remember. <laughs> that um, one thing. One thing that that always kind of annoys me with Dynamax is that like Pokemon that have like kind of unique abilities that play on like the effects of moves, like Punk Rock for uh, Toxtricity yeah. or Technician and stuff like that, are just kind of like flattened out by the fact that everything just becomes a max move. Yeah. I think, I think it'd be kind of think, yeah. It oh would be too powerful. Otherwise, that was the, so Joey. I was watching yesterday. Joey and Blunder did one of their like uh, mono random battles where they just run it like for forty minutes, just playing super fast. And the amount of times that Blunder like made himself weaker or like fucked over his choice scarf by Dynamaxing, <laughs> yeah, Dynamax and mono random was. so... So funny! It was so funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> game yeah, the concept so that, that, that things can actually get weaker under Dynamax is, is kind of funny. Like Dragovish. It's sick. It's sick. It's like it's like, like Dragovish. Yeah. It's like the most interesting uh, Mega Evolutions. Yep. Back in the day, like when Wolf didn't Mega Evolve his Rayquaza. Yeah, exactly. Or when Gengar didn't Mega Evolve to keep Levitate. Yep. Um, the one thing I will ch- I would change about Dynamax in specific and makes me so mad, you can't skill swap a Dynamax Pokemon. And there are so many cool things I could do if you could skill swap, but you can't skill swap them. Yeah. yeah. I think it should be 
a lot more clear in game what moves aren't going to work against a Dynamax Pokemon I because agree. some of them don't really. I like as one example that that always really throws me off is that you can use either Circle Throw or Dragon Tail, For but you damage. can't use the yeah, yeah and then you can't fun. use the other one. Wait, really? <laughs> One, the, neither of them will will force you to switch out, but one of them will still do damage. <laughs> I didn't know that. And That's like, funny. and like, I try. I, like, knockoff doesn't work. For example, that's one thing that does not work against. Dynamax Wait, knockoff monsters. doesn't work. No, because I tried doing it yesterday while in a raid, and it did not work. Oh. Wait. And like, the, I don't, this stuff isn't clear at all. That might be raid mechanics specifically, because yeah, raid mechanics. It might be. That's the, that's a raid mechanic for sure. I well, know I knocked off Dynamax Pokemon when it was still legal. Yeah. Okay, because I, I know you could trick them, because we've 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 seen the eject <laughs> buttons. Oh, believe me, you could trick them. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I also think that one way to make it more balanced in singles, this would be dumb in doubles. It would make the metagame very stupid. But if you could phase them. It would be good, mm-hmm. but in doubles, no, yeah. I guess if if there was a way to make it only happen in singles, I then I don't really want a meta game where roar is common in doubles. It's nope. Nobody wants this. You can play twenty nineteen if you want that. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> bad. Uh, but in singles, phasing is uh, is. But you wouldn't want just like red card, right? Like you wouldn't want like one Pokemon with red card just to like you know toxic effects with the red card, so you That's can come in and phase point. them out. I, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, that's silly. It's really dumb. Uh, I don't know. Maybe red card doesn't work, but phasing moves do. Mm. Other phasing moves, which is really, really stupid. But mm. but it, it would balance it a little bit. A yeah. little bit. Yeah, it'd be it'd be somewhere to start anyway. Like I can't. I can imagine this kind of stuff. Like maybe getting a tweak under the hood, but like not. The way that the, you know the way that Game Freak does their tweaks under the hood is only with a new game, really. Yeah, they haven't really uh, yeah. seen they they've never done mid gen well I mean they they've done mid gen balance stuff just by like the introduction of new tutors but never changed not mechanics like no. a mechanic no not, I mean they they could but <laughs> I don't think they they didn't fix the but they probably bug, won't so probably not oh yeah. god that uh here's a question so from Enge's Pyro do you think old legendaries bead added back in the DLC is good for the scene or not. And any tips for newer players for when it happens? So I guess, um, like, uh, the stuff that's confirmed for the DLC does include Lando. I think it's fine for the players. Like, we play a metagame regardless, but uh, it's probably bad for the scene because the casual viewers don't like legendaries. So overall, yeah. it's probably bad. It's also, it's going to have less of an effect on VGC this year because of the... I wouldn't be so sure. I think they'll probably get added in. They just added Incineroar. Yeah. yeah, they added Incineroar in. Like, I don't know what's going on, but if they're going to add Incineroar, they're going to add other stuff too, that's is my okay. guess. That's a good point. I guess, yeah, I guess just interesting to see. I, I guess it's, it depends on seeing how that meta develops. Because yeah, this just it, says this just says the scene. It does not specify whether they mean singles or doubles. They, pro- they probably mean VGC. Because they probably do mean VGC. Yeah, I, I wish for singles it had taken a little bit longer. The meta was fun. I, I liked <laughs> I liked the singles meta. It was going to probably get. I don't know. It, it didn't have time to marinate enough. Because yeah, yeah. Let's starting. Say, to complain about the fact that a lot, a lot, a lot of games would devolve into, like, I can't break your Corviknight and you can't break my my Clefable. That was, like, a really, really common endgame situation in singles. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to play with Lando again. That, it basically <laughs> just boils down to it. It's fine. Wait, you, you don't want to play with Lando in a meta where Hidden Power Ice doesn't exist? Oh, 
I hope we can't Dynamax. I don't want to deal with plus special defense, plus speed, Landorus. <laughs> all the fucking le- all the fucking legendaries being able to Dynamax in like the stuff that's like available to transfer right now is so weird. I don't like, like it. Like it just seems like such a weird choice. I don't like it. I don't like it either. It's it's I don't know. In singles, I just it, it was cool, man. Singles was cool. Fucking your home. Like- yes. And it was beautiful. <laughs> it just seems like they should, yeah, they should just kind of let these things marinate a little more before they uh, before they add stuff in. I don't know. I don't know. I, we'll see. It, I think one thing that makes it feel so bad right now is that it's such a limited amount of Pokemon that are getting add, added, and so many of them are things that we do not like, like Cat <laughs> and Lando. Uh, well, I mean, Lando's not till the DLC. Cat's just there now. Oh, is Lando not till DLC? I've no, he, he wasn't in the first set that came out. Well then, it'll be it'll be better then, because other things will be out too, and it'll be interesting. First post first DLC metagame and singles is going to be really interesting, I think. Yeah, well, as I'm interested to see what is going to be part of like the hundred odd Pokemon that they're going to be adding in. Yeah, because like it'll be cool, could be anything. <laughs> Except now they're fucking adding Magirna, so actually cancel the game. <laughs> delete, 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 delete. Oh my god, dude, that I'm actually mad about that. Magirna is so fucking. Magirna dumb. We, I did did you did that. you get your original color Magirna yet? No, I did not. I don't even remember how. I saw the tweet and I like. It's so fucking stupid, dude. It's I supposed to be for completing. Laptop. It's supposed to be for completing your national decks, but it just wasn't showing up for people. So you have to like move your Pokemon over and then move them back, like literally shift them by one box, and it makes it appear. And this can method I... is also repeatable. I have two now. Wait, so can I do it with my old? With like, is it with the national decks that currently exist, or do I need to get all the home stuff? National decks in home. So, like, with everything moved up. Oh, so I need to go get Blastoise and shit? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's, have Pokemon home. I can't help you. You're, you're so valid. <laughs> there, there are so many of my friends that just don't want to shell out for it because it is expensive. It's stupid. Um, but I'm a sucker, so I bought it. And so people who wanted stuff that is transferable to Sword and Shield, I was just like, trade it to me in 3DS and I'll move it up for you. Yeah. Well, I'll just get your second Magirna, Matt. Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll just I'll just give it to you. Yeah, fuck that. It's kind of cool looking. Come on, dude. That Pokémon <laughs> is so busted. Yeah, absolutely. So Never busted. dealt with it. That would be very bad in doubles, I'll tell you that much. It's so Final Gambit Magirna plus Magirna plus two. Soul Heart, man. Soul Heart is the delicious. Soul Heart with Fleur Cannon and and like the the Fairy Z crystal. Yeah, yeah. just a good time it. for everyone. At least it doesn't get Twinkle Tackle anymore. That's no. actually, like, a big deal. But it's still, like, AV Magirna was still annoying enough on its own. So right. It's still going to be annoying. Magirna. It, it can be Magirna. That one's fine. You can have that one. No, I only, I, at this point, I only do it to get the rise out of people, so it's always disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I said that. Get fucked. Josh from Panda Global, like, he was like, well, Decky Dewey, you, turned, like, you took one of the best Pokemon puns of, like, Deciduous Decky and... Dewey. And uh, Bullseye, <laughs> and you said Decky Dewey, and I said yes, Josh. Thank you for messaging me. <laughs> I missed that one. Thank you. Decky Dewey. To... My, my personal problem. faves are just anywhere where you can get two J sounds. So if you Gen-Jar. do Jigilith and Genjar, I like Jigilith though. I like that it's not consistent. Yeah, I, I no, think, that also works. I think Genjar is way funnier than than J- Jigilith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jigilith just has that's just a good mouth feel. It feels good coming out. I it's also fun to say. I appreciate Genjar because of how Wolf won WBE with it last time. <laughs> Death Butter. In, in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> it was so good. It finally did something. 
Oh, it was so good. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was a funny battle. Um, watch Wolf play WB. <laughs> Wolf playing WB, especially this season, is really funny. I have a match in 10 minutes, <laughs> so we might have to wrap up on that note. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I also we're very much have to use the bathroom. <laughs> Um, uh, I'll just do, uh, I think there's like two more. They'll be pretty quick. Uh, as a follow-up to this Steph's question about the Pokemon you want to bring in, is there a Pokemon you absolutely do not want to see show up? Incineroar. Ban him. Cat. It's not too late, everybody. Buy my merch. Maybe we can stop him. Yeah, cat, <laughs> cat over. I would, I would also, even though I'm a singles player for the good of Pokemon, I would also <laughs> say cat over Lando. So we're just going to, we're just going to retroactively patch it out. I can't believe people thought that Pokemon, like, they weren't going to bring back Pokemon after literally in it. Wait, can I spoil Avengers? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, so in Avengers, they all the people who got snapped, then they came back. It's the same thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and Incineroar was there in Avengers, so. It, That's right. <laughs> I mean. Incineroar was also just, going. like, in the data mine. Like, he was in the game code already. He was yeah. he was well present, but yeah, but no, people, I I feel people like people thought they might have a year without him. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. just one, just maybe one just year. one. Please, please, one year, one glorious year. Like three months. I think I think three anyone months. who thinks that we're not gonna have like the full decks by the end of the generation or they've gotta. It doesn't make any sense not to. Like by the end of the generation, at least things will be movable. I, at least the DLC looks sick. At least we have Roadrunner Zapdos. Like, th- th- oh, fuck. Good- I'm so excited for whatever the <laughs> fuck that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be cool. Um, I guess this is a good spot to wrap it, just because we've been going for a good hour and 40 minutes now. So, uh, Zane, I'll let you do your plugs. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ipengu. I, do, I write the VGC stuff for False Swipe Gaming every week. I also write the smash stuff for every false swipe gaming video that we do on smash uh on that note follow false swipe gaming like i said i'm gonna it's be good. doing some stuff to like grow a, a lot, aside from just the history of pokemon videos we're gonna start doing history of player videos i think hell yes um, and if i can nail down wolf to ever do another skype call with me there will eventually be one on skype him. Sorry, Discord, Discord. Use, I use Discord. Time, we will not be having another another call. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. The problem, though, is that Wolf is, uh, constantly messages me melee, cat face, and, and so... Face. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. I'll, I'll be able to bait him in. With it's it. like a bait and switch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, psych, it's an interview. Do the interview while playing melee. Yo, can we play melee? Like, I really want to play. I'm watching, I'm watching Summit. We can play after WBE. Okay. I'm, I'm free for the rest of the day. Okay, I had to record with Joey, but I'll I'll teach him Pokemon. Are you playing Joey? Oh, are you? No, 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 no. I already lost to him. <laughs> we're, oh, that's we're recording right. more RPGC uh, stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, um, yeah, that's that's my plugs. I also write about uh, esports sometimes, and I'm probably gonna start branching out to Pokemon. I might actually go yes. to BGC tournaments and be the journalist there. Yo. Hell yes! Hell yes! Hell yes! Yeah. Come so. to Collinsville. I might. When is it? Uh, not this weekend, but next. Yeah, I might not, but I might come to something else. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem the problem for me in VGC is that there's only like one large scale VGC event that's like anywhere near me, uh, because what there's region? only the this, uh, I'm in I'm in Ontario, oh, so the only Toronto. thing I got is the Toronto. <laughs> that's soon. I might go to that if I win Collins. In uh, it's I, I assume it's in early May again. It almost always is. Nope, it's like two weeks, three weeks from now. Oh shit! Well, maybe I'll go. Oh. That one always that that one always runs runs over me because I never have the chance to uh, to go because I always have something the same weekend. Oh. Uh, and it's also a shame I couldn't bring up my team. I, I want I wanted you to look at my team and tell me what's good. Oh, maybe but next we're good. We're good. It's fine. Give it. Give us your plugs and then we're we're good to go. Oh, thanks for watching this episode of. Um, <laughs> please subscribe.
buy my merch. Um, Twitch.tv slash WolfyVGC, YouTube.com slash WolfyVGC, Twitter.com slash WolfyGlick. I'm sorry, WolfyVGC got taken from me, and then I got it back, but... Rude. Yeah. Someone just grabbed it, knowing that it's you? I Yeah, I don't remember. I, I switched to... I don't remember exactly what happened, but I, it, yeah. Anyway, I'm WolfyGlick on Twitter. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, oh. y'all. And shout-outs to Panda Global. Shout-outs to Panda Global. Thank you, Panda Shout-outs to Panda Global. Are you and uh, are you and Aaron still are, like, are the only guys that have like a team officially out of the Pokemon VGC? Wait, what's the question? You guys are both, no, you guys are no, both on... Is, the actual other, other shout-out that I want to give is go watch uh, James Beck's content because he's great and he got sponsored by Beast Coast recently. Oh, nice. And, uh, okay, so there are more. And I know from inside whisperings that Beast Coast is like trying to make a lot of big things happen for the Pokemon scene. The founder oh. is a really, really big Pokemon player. Um, so if you show them that you like the content of Mr. James Beck, James Speed. James is awesome. Whatever. Uh, then that will be good. And he's also very good at Pokemon. Also, Marcus got sponsored recently. Yeah, oh, good, good. Let's go, Marcus. Okay, so yeah, there are, there are more. There are more. It's, it's happening, folks. We're, we're making it happen. 2020. Uh, this has been Elite Full Restore. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at E4Restore, Tumblr Elite Full Restore. Um, honestly, though, if you want to get in contact with me, it's probably quicker just to at me on Twitter, which is MattGCN, uh, named so for the Humble GameCube. We are on the Noise Space network of podcasts. That's noisespace.xyz. Many shows about many topics that aren't Pokemon, although one of the podcasts does have the word Pokemon in the title. I assure you it is not about Pokemon. <laughs> Um, I, I do a lot of podcasts all over there and uh, check it out if you're not familiar with them already although most of the people who are listening to this are already familiar with me <laughs> yep uh, okay bye everyone Wolfie don't get beat by Galactic Elliot I hope you respond back <laughs> <laughs> I'm in battle